Hi, this is Jason Casper Lines Church. Thanks for stopping by our weekly teaching podcast from our Sunday morning worship gathering. This is week tw- 13 of our series in the book of Hebrews, going through the year of biblical literacy. Uh, this was working on Hebrews 12, 1 through 4. Uh, our head elder, Mark, is preaching this morning. Thanks for listening. Hope you have a great day. Twelve, uh, one through four is what you're doing this morning. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of the faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God, beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Thank you for preaching for me. You're welcome. I, uh... I, I guess in, uh, as way of introduction, uh, my name is Mark. Uh, I'm an elder here in the church. If you were here last week, you heard my son and saw my son standing here. If it sounds like you're hearing the same voice, it's very, very possible because he and I talk very much alike. So I will be saying different words, but it will sound very much the same. Uh, so we're in the book of Hebrews, and we've been in the book of Hebrews, uh, I looked it up since April. I, I kicked off the book of Hebrews because Jason was gone again that week. No, I don't remember. Was that district council? or Yeah, he was at district conference. And so, so I kicked off the book of Hebrews, and so I went back and looked at my notes this week to see if we were still on track, and so far we're still doing okay. I got us kicked off on the right leg. Uh, I hope that this one today does not kick us way off track. So I'm just going to say that. Uh, let's, let's pray and I will uh, go on. Father, I thank you for an opportunity today to look at your word. I thank you for an opportunity to just share uh, your message, Lord. I pray that you would just help me to share your heart as I share mine, Lord. We just pray that you bless us now. Speak to our hearts and our minds in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, this passage is probably fairly familiar to a lot of people. There are a lot of things out there. There are books written about this passage. Um, And so I thought, you know, going into this, I'm like, man, this will be, you know, pretty straightforward. I can go through there. I can hit the point. We can move on. Uh, God kind of spoke some things, did some things. I had a weird, it was like an intervention call with Jason on like Tuesday or Thursday. I don't remember what day it was. And I'm like, I need you to talk me through this because I'm seeing something. And he's like, yeah, it, it's crazy. So it was super helpful. Um, so what we're talking about here, the author of Hebrews is talking about a race. And I, although you may not believe it by looking at me, I have a running background. I lettered four years in high school in cross country, okay? I did not look like this. I can tell you that. There are some pictures out there that are, 
terrifying, kind of, if I look at myself. Um, so, so I have um, a running background. When you run cross country in high school, it's a 5K, which is 5,000 meters, which is 3.1 miles, which I have friends that I ran cross country with that now go on and do those like ultra marathon. It's like, I'm just going to go run for five days. And if I get tired, I'll lay on the side of the trail and sleep for a couple hours and get up. And I'm not stopping until I get to the other side of this island. They all happen, like a lot of them happen in Europe or maybe they happen here. I just know about them in Europe because my friend lives in London. I don't know. It may be a blind spot in my life. Do those things happen here? Does anybody know? Do they? Okay. I, I, to me, this is a thing that should not exist. But that's, that's my own brain. So, so as we get into this passage, it's interesting because there's a lot of people who think, oh yeah, I ran in high school because I did the 200 meter. No, that's, that's not running. That's a sprint. Um, and so... So the life of faith that the, that the author of Hebrews is talking about here, you know, he talks about a marathon, which is, you know, a measly 26 miles, 0.2. I know all my distances for some reason. Um, you know, it's a, but, but if you go into this, you need to understand it might be fun for some of it. It might be gross for some of it. It might be messy. It might be terrifying. Um, exciting, it will cover all the adjectives. You are in for a ride. If you make the commitment and you enter this race, you will experience some things. And I will tell you, it's a race worth entering. A lot of times people are like, eh, I don't know. Um, but it's a race worth entering. But if you're going to get into it, um, you need to understand that um, that you're going to you're, you're going to be along for a ride. So I'm going to throw up here the first verse. I think, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. I'm going to be honest here, 98% of what I'm going to say is verse 1. I'm going to do a Jason, and I'm going to do a hard landing and do the last three verses in like the last minute and a half of my sermon. So, so, so the first thing about, about running the race is finishing well is everything. No matter what you do, finishing well. There's a, there's a verse, a lot of you probably heard, 2 Timothy 4, 7, and 8. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. And now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on the day of his return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to his appearing. You know, this first verse, there's a lot we need to cover in there. The first one is that it's not a sprint, which I talked about. It's a long-term commitment, and you need to be ready for that. Um, we need to enter this race with the intent of finishing it. It's pretty easy to get a couple, a couple miles into it and be like, I'm out. I'm checking out. I'm going. This isn't worth it. I'm not having any fun. That's what the enemy wants. The enemy's after you as soon as you enter this race. He's after you, trying to get you down, trying to get you out, and trying to drag you out of it. So, 
I also, for the competitive people out there, you're not competing against the other people in this room. You're competing against the enemy. So, so keep that in mind. Uh, if you're going to run, it helps if you're in some kind of shape, right? If I went, it wasn't that funny. No, <laughs> if, if I tried to go out and run a 5K right now, it would be messy. There would be tears. There would be snot. There would be blood. I mean, it would be, it would be not pretty. So, so we need to get in shape to run this race. As I was going through this, there's a lot of stuff that I kept coming up. Um, we have talked so many times through Hebrews about our church mission, our vision, and our values. One of those is do the work. This is what we're talking about. You need to get in shape and you need to uh, get ready to run the race. There's two things that the writer tells us we need to do. We need to strip off encumbrances and we need to strip off sins. There's a lot of people who think encumbrances equal sins. And while encumbrances can equal sins, well, sins, can, sins are encumbrances, but encumbrances are not necessarily sins. There are things in my life that are not technically a sin. However, they get in the way of my running the race. And so, you know, these are the things that I need to be looking at in my life. Um, everybody knows them. You're all sitting there to yourself going, oh yeah, I know what that is. I can name two of those, you know. I think everybody probably has a list of them. Um, but part of it is it's like, it's not really wrong what I'm doing, but but the writer here is like, it's getting in the way of you running this race. And sins is like, just flat that sins. You know, sins are the things that you need to be getting rid of. You need to be cutting them out. Um, I, 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 like, I, I like the way one of the things I read is like, it's hard to run if you're tripping over your sins. And so I need a t-shirt that says that because... You know, this is the issue. We all have these sins and we're like, ah, it's fine, I can deal with it. Oh, it's fine, I can deal with that. And it's constantly getting wrapped up around my legs. You know, sometimes I like to picture these guys in the Bible running in these full robes and that's what they're tripping on. A lot of them ran in a lot less than robes too. So, um, but that's what the, but the author, the author is just telling us, get rid of these things. They're getting in the way so that you can be ready to go. Um, okay, running with endurance is the next part of this stage, of this uh, stage, next part of this verse. So the issue is if you run, like you're not going to go up and sign for a marathon tomorrow and just show up and run it. You're going to do some training. You're going to do some you know, you're probably going to look at what you eat and you're going to run a little bit more every day and you're going to do this thing and you're going to peak and you're going to carboload and you're going to rest. When you enter this race, you don't always have that luxury. We are honestly in this race and we are getting in shape as we go. And that's kind of problematic for some people. Problematic for me, but it's problematic for some people. It would be a lot easier. And I know we've heard people who are like, well, I can't come to Jesus until I have my life organized and I have fixed my family and I have fixed my finances and I have fixed my life and I have a job and I cut my hair, you know, all the things. 
we don't have to do that. We have the luxury of getting in shape as we go. And so um, it's just so hard because we, I think as humans, more than anything, we want to like, I'm going to come to God and I'm going to lay my perfect life before him and say, here, God, bless this. And unfortunately, it does not work that way. Um, I'm going to read a hard passage now for some people. Luke chapter 14, uh, beginning at verse 28. Did I put this one in there, Flint? No? Okay. Luke 14, 28 to 33. You guys, a lot of you will know this. But don't begin until you count the cost. So this is Jesus. Someone asked him, basically, what's it going to cost for me to follow you? So, but don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. Okay, you've all driven through Casper, right? There's a big $29 million behemoth being built kind of on the east side, Walsh Drive. If I was to tell you today, guess what, guys? We're out of money. We're just leaving it like it is. It looks cool. It kind of provides some shade if you're underneath it during the daytime at certain times, but you're not going to be able to drive across it. How would that make you feel? Probably be pretty grumpy, right? There's a lot of people who really, really want that bridge done. They want to use Walsh Drive again. There's a lot of stuff. So anyway, this is what we're talking about here. Uh, continuing on, everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. Or what king would go to war against another king without sitting down with his counselors to discuss whether his army of 10,000 could defeat the 20,000 soldiers marching against him. And if he can't, he will send a delegation to discuss terms of peace while the enemy is still far away. So you cannot become my disciple without giving up everything you own. So we've got, the, we've got the race, we enter the race because we want to finish, because we want that prize. We have understood the cost, we understand the endurance it's going to take, and we're ready to start the race. So you start the race. The next thing the, the writer here tells us is, guess what? You also don't get to set the course. It'd be pretty easy if I could just be like, okay, God, I'm following you, and I'm going this way. It doesn't work that way. We had a, uh, there was a park in uh, Denver off Arapahoe Road. Jeannie will know it. DeCoven Park um, off Arapahoe University. And we used to run a cross-country meet there when I was in high school. The problem is I went to school in Colorado Springs, so it was a drive to get there. So... We were always kind of late, so we didn't get to do a lot of warm-up, didn't get to check out the course. We just jumped on. So the first time you run that course, you're running along, you're running along, and clearly, I don't know, in my mind, it, it was, it was kind of telling of the coaches who were like, we don't expect any of you to be in the lead at this point. So just kind of follow what everyone's doing. But you're running along, and you're following these trails, and you're doing this thing, and you're going down this bike path, and then you run through these trees, and all of a sudden, you are running through water. And I'm like, what is happening? 
why am I, you know, to me, cross country means very flat level, um, maybe some hills, but paved surfaces. But anyway, so we don't see it coming. God puts the course before us. We enter that race and we're off and running. And all we can do is run where he tells us. You're not going to like it. There are times that this race is not going to make sense to you. The course that he sets you on is not going to make sense to you. And you are going to be grumpy and frustrated. And what are you going to want to do? Quit. So, so what am I supposed to do? I'm sure some of you are sitting there going, wow, Mark, this sounds fun. You've printed a really, really lovely picture. You should put this on your Airbnb account so that people will want to come live in this race. The beginning of this verse, to me, is, is the part where I struggled and where I didn't and that kind of stuff. And it's the phase that says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. We've all heard this phrase before, right? We're out here running this race and there's this crowd of witnesses. But what are they doing there? Um, so the, the word for witness is the Greek word that we also get the word martyr from. And so, and what it means is one who testifies. And so last week, Zach talked a little bit, well, Zach talked at the time about the heroes of the faith in, um, in Hebrews chapter 11, and there's a whole list of them there, and they were all, you know, they led armies, and they killed soldiers, and they did all the things, and, uh, but they were far from perfect, and they struggled, and that's why, it's interesting, I, the, uh, never before in my life has the differences between translations been so glaring as in these verses of Hebrews uh, for me. Because in the, in the ESV and in some of the other ones, instead of, um, it includes the word also. So where it says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin. Uh, the NLT does not say also. But what that tells me is that these people also had to lay off encumbrances. They also had to lay off sin. They also had to get in shape in order to run this race. But what are they there for? Why, why are the witnesses important? There's a bunch of stuff out there. You can read some crazy things about the witnesses. Um, I'm going to tell you where I landed. If you want to go out there, if you want to call me someday, I will tell you a lot of other stuff. Um, but ultimately, they are there because they are saying, been there, done that. You know, they're there to be the examples for us as we as we go through this race. Romans 15.4 says, Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us, and the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. So those witnesses are there to encourage us, to help us get in shape, and to show us how to align our wills with God so that we can follow his path and run his race. But then I kept coming back to Hebrews chapter 11 
And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some verses here. Hebrews 11, 32 to 40. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. <clears throat> By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from death, but others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life and the resurrection, or better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for their word for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. So these last few verses of Hebrews shows me that this isn't just about the all-stars. This isn't just the Moses and the Abraham and the Gideon and, you know, the big guys. The guys that, you know, you can get action figures and all that kind of stuff. There's a bunch of people here that are referenced that we don't know their names. We don't know their life. We don't know anything about them except that we know that they suffered. They know that we know that we don't deserve them. And we know that we're waiting. They are waiting for us to be made perfect in Christ. The other thing that I know about these unnamed people is that we here at the Casper Alliance Church are called to be them. Our vision statement, fighting forward together through hope in Jesus. One of our, one of our uh, values, without meaningful relationships, we are wrecked. The writer of Hebrews here has clearly thrown down, you know what? I'm not writing this so that you all can just receive encouragement and you can receive joy and you can receive whatever it is that the big names are going to do. I'm throwing this down that you need to be witnesses. I have put this before you. I have told you there are going to be people in your life that are struggling and are hurting and are sick and are poor and are miserable and are whatever. Again, fill in the adjective. Those people are going to be in your life, whether it's here at church or whether it's at work or whether it's at the grocery store or whether it's in your family or wherever it is. I am calling you to be my witnesses you know, I, two years ago, this probably wouldn't have hit me the way it did, but it has hit me. You know, these verses, this is the story of my life. This is the story of this church. I have 
a new favorite verse. I didn't know this verse existed. I mean, I probably did. I know I've read it at one point. It's, it's in Acts chapter 20. Um, it follows a story that I don't remember reading about Paul is talking, and there's a bunch of people listening, and a guy falls asleep and falls out of the window. Does anybody know this story? This is a, it's a great story. Falls out of the window. They think he's dead. Paul's like, he's not dead. But, but Paul goes on to say, Acts chapter 20, verse 24, write this verse down. You're all going to want to have it forever in your wallet. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. To me, this is what the end of uh, Acts, or Acts, Hebrews chapter 11 and the first verse of Hebrews chapter 12 is telling me. The work assigned me is to be a witness for the people that I see that are running this race and honestly are looking at ready to tap out. They're ready to call it. My job is to step in and say, guys, guess what? I'm here for you. We got this. And this church, you know, Marie, you know, Jason gave her a hard time about stealing thunder. Marie did this this morning. This is why people have been attracted to this church. Because when people are ready to tap out, the people of this church are there to help and to heal and to touch. But most importantly, what they do and what the writer has told us to do is to point to Jesus. And so the last three verses here, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 4, say we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiate and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. The thing I've learned is if my eyes are on Jesus, get what they're not on. They're not on me. They're not on the encumbrances. They're on Jesus. And, you know, the scripture here says, he endured the ultimate test of endurance and he finished the race. We have talked about consistently through the book of Hebrews, the theme is Jesus is greater than. He has suffered more than any of us can. And he finished well. Um, the, the verse uh, calling him the champion, the, the NLT calls it the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Um, also, some of you have heard the author and perfecter of our faith. Some of the uh, translations don't say are, so they just say perfect faith, which also, you know, Jesus initiated faith. We have faith in Jesus because he's worth having faith in. And then he finishes it. Philippians 1.6, verse a lot of you probably know. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ returns. So these verses, um, the, the, the struggle here, you know, we talk about Jesus and he endured all this for the joy. 
You know, it says that for the joy set before him, he endured this. I can tell you it's hard to find that joy as a guy living in Casper, Wyoming in the year 2022 sometimes. It's hard. The race is not easy. Uh, it's pretty easy to give up, honestly. And uh, we have a lot of examples out there, uh, both the big ones, you know, the all-stars, I like to call them, the Old Testament all-stars, but also in this church, in our families, with our friends. So we have a job to do. Uh, it is time that we need to look beyond being encouraged and figure out how we can be more encouraging. And to me, that is uh, what the author here wants us to do. So I'm going to have the worship team come up, and I'm going to pray, and then we are going to close with a song. Father God, I thank you for um, this unknown author of Hebrews, Lord. Uh, we don't know who it is, lots of speculation. But Father, I thank you for the truth that they shared with us here. And I thank you, Lord, for the call that they have put on our lives to seek you and to be an encouragement, to be a safe place, Lord, and to be a witness, sharing the goodness of your grace, sharing your hope, sharing your love with a lost and broken world. Father, we just pray that you would um, continue to use the Casper Alliance Church, continue to use every person here, Lord, to continue to bless out and love and, uh, and be here for people. Father, I just thank you, Lord. I pray now that as we sing, Lord, that you would just uh, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen.